It's a sign that Liverpool fans have been waiting all summer long to hear. Thiago Alcantara is a Liverpool player. He's officially joined on Friday after completing his move uh, on a four-year deal from Bayern Munich. He flew into Merseyside on Friday morning for his medical, uh, underwent his, uh, his routine medical checks at a local hospital before signing on the dotted line to become Liverpool's second signing of what has been a relatively quiet summer so far. He joins on a £20 million deal with an additional £5 million in add-ons. Um, Liverpool only opened talks uh, with Bayern Munich on Monday. Um, obviously, speculation has been rife across the summer that the two teams have been in discussions over the move, but uh, they only uh, picked up the phone on Monday after Bayern made it clear that uh, this was a, a situation that they wanted resolving before their Bundesliga campaign begins tonight at home to Schalke. Uh, the, the talks accelerated across the week and uh, it was qu quickly thrashed out, and Thiago now joins Liverpool to become uh, the £20 million midfielder. Uh, from a Liverpool perspective, it's viewed as a fantastic deal. A 29-year-old, two-time Champions League winner at the absolute peak of his powers. His last game for Bayern was the Champions League final, no less. Uh, and he's joining for a relatively modest fee of £20 million with the additional five. Um, and from the Bayern corner, it's also viewed as a similarly good deal for the player who was inside the final 12 months of his contract. Bayern were absolutely desperate to make sure that they got a fee for Thiago before he could leave, before he could speak to clubs in January on a pre-contract agreement and leaving on a free. So both teams, both parties, very happy with this deal. Thiago Alcantara, as we say, the news that Liverpool fans have been waiting all summer to hear, is finally a Liverpool player. A four-year deal has been agreed. He will wear the number six shirt, but he won't be wearing it on Sunday when Liverpool travel to Chelsea. Liverpool play Lincoln in the um, Carabao Cup next Thursday, but uh, it's more realistic that his debut could come at home to Arsenal a week on Monday. So as we say, the news that fans have been waiting all summer long to hear, Thiago Alcantara is a Liverpool player on a four-year deal. That, of course, was the Liverpool Echoes, Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst with news that Thiago Alcantara is finally a Liverpool player. Prior to the 4pm announcement, myself, Guy Clark, Ian Doyle and Paul Gorst all sat down for the latest Blood Red podcast. Here it is. Enjoy. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast courtesy of the Liverpool Echoes. Thiago Alcantara gets ready to swap Munich for Merseyside. Coming up, we'll be reacting to the Reds wrapping up this summer's transfer teaser. We'll take a peek into what could be left in the window for Liverpool. And we'll preview the visit to Chelsea with Jurgen Klopp looking to build bridges with Frank Lampard. Ahead, of course, of that visit to the bridge. Alongside myself, Guy Clark, he's tall, he wears glasses and he loves a laugh. No, we haven't got Jurgen Klopp. It's our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Gorsty, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not bad, Guy. How long did you, did you think of that one? Oh, That's a new introduction. Yeah, and no, I had it up the uh, sleeve a while. And, and while Michael Edwards might I'm be the master... Oh, sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing where this one's going, by the way. Yeah, well, no, for, for, for you, Doyle, I've got another one, don't worry. Uh, while Michael Edwards might be his, a master of his craft in transfer dealings, as too is Ian Doyle in the art of headline writing. Doyle, how are you? That was quite po quite positive, thank you. Yeah, right. Thank you very much, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm suddenly buoyed yeah, we've very, got... after that big build-up. I yeah. was going to say, that, might... was, that was the whole point of the build-up today, was to have it on a, on a buoyant <laughs> mood, because everyone's happy that this deal might be uh, finally happening which deal would that be guy i wonder which deal that is ghosty hey <laughs> yeah um things move quickly in football don't deal with obviously got in touch with Bayern munich uh after months of speculation um from germany and um, flashed out a deal quite quickly i think Bayern munich wanted it done from what we're led to believe anyway Bayern munich wanted this deal done before they kick off 
their defence of the Bundesliga title tonight at home to Schalke. So it's all been wrapped up and done across the course of five days. Um, Bayern are absolutely desperate to get money for him. They didn't want to see a player of, of his quality leave on a free because obviously he told them back in May that he wanted a fresh challenge. Um, so they've been telling everyone who listened that um, you know Liverpool are the team in for him and, and whatever else. And, and um, finally Liverpool made the move. Um, I think Liverpool were probably going to wait to the bad looks of it until you know, as, as long as they could to try and get the price down. But the buying of contact with Liverpool, as, as we understand it, and told them that, look, we want this resolved sooner rather than later, then Liverpool have entered into discussions and, and got it sewn up quickly. So it's £20 million with £5 million worth of add-ons and Liverpool are signing it, the quality operator. So it's, I think it's a deal that works for both. But, well, all parties really, um, Liverpool are getting a, an elite-level midfielder, someone who's profiled has really kind of joined the Ramfield. If you understand that people don't tend to buy the finished product at that age, they tend to buy players with potential who kind of develop that Ramfield. Thiago's difference, he's coming in as a two-time Champions League winner with Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Someone who's only ever played for Barcelona and Bayern Munich um, and will be, you know, a massive injection of quality in that midfield. On From Bayern's point of view, they're getting 20 million on a player who cost them only 22 million seven years ago when a player who was you know, three months away from being able to talk to clubs on a free transfer. So, um, the perfect deal for everyone concerned. Yeah, and I suppose we've sort of seen the, the hashtag going around Tiago Friday today, Doily. And I suppose it is one of those that really excites people because, as, as Gorsty mentioned, they're just the sheer pedigree that Tiago Alcantara comes with. Yeah, it's amazing how these players get better the, the, the second that Liverpool are linked with them, though. I, do, I, I would like to know what they actually thought of him last year. Although, uh, you know, uh, to be fair, there are there are certain players who they are good no matter what, and he's one of them. He'll he'll bring something a bit different to Liverpool's midfield. Um, just interesting that in terms of the saga that you know Liverpool were linked with him all the way through the summer. But I mean, I don't know how many times the German press was saying that Thiago had said his goodbyes to Bayern Munich because he was they were doing it. You know, I think it was Wednesday, and it's that was about the fourth time according to some people. So it was a very long goodbye for him in which he managed to win the Bundesliga and, as we say, the Champions League. So it is, it's rare for Liverpool to sign somebody who's won the European Cup. I, mean, I wrote a piece this morning, um, which which has caused a little, little bit of debate from what I've just seen on Twitter, basically saying, oh, look, you're just being negative. He hasn't even signed yet. But the, rea- the reality is that the, it's very unusual for Liverpool to sign someone who's won the European Cup. And a lot of them have ended up, for whatever reason, just not not being a success. I mean, this I don't think that'll be a problem here. I think... Liverpool are actually buying somebody to keep them as Premier League champions and to keep them as, you know, one of the best teams in world football. Maybe they are the, the current world champions. So, and the, the outgoing, you know, they were the last year's European Cup winner. So, in that sense, you do wonder, it makes sense because Liverpool, how could they possibly improve the team unless they're going to buy, as Gorsi said, ready-made talent like this? I mean, they will buy, you know, one or two youngsters, you know, they, they bought Harvey Elliott last year. You've seen how, how he's progressed. You know, they like Curtis Jones and, uh, and Nico Williams as well. So these are players who, you know, they're bringing through and, and trying to, you know, develop at Liverpool. But for them to stay where they are, they were going to have to buy. Whether somebody's, you know, at that standard, possibly not. But the fact that they got somebody like that for that amount of money and someone who quite clearly from some of his previous comments really enjoys how Liverpool play and he understands it, 
which will be a big, I think that'll be a big thing we've seen with a lot of signings Liverpool make, certainly in midfield, they take a while to settle, but I imagine he's, he's been watching Liverpool for months. And he, you know, he's clearly been a fan for at least 18 months when they played the Bayern Munich at uh, Anfield of the Champions League. So he'll know what it's all about. He'll know what to expect. And of course, it's another example of Jurgen Klopp. I would imagine that, you know, he, a lot of it is down to the fact that he wanted to play under him. He said he wanted a fresh challenge. And the best players in the world clearly now wanted to play for Liverpool and to play under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, it certainly does seem to, to be the case. And talk about in a bit sort of how it affects those already within the squad. And Jeannie Wijnaldum, of course, has been linked with this move in another way a lot of the time, Gorsley. But looking at even what Thiago brings to the squad, for me, he's a player who, having played for Barcelona and Bayern Munich, with the likes of James Milner and even Jordan Henderson getting on and obviously the other side of 30, he's the kind of guy who's going to arrive at Melwood and immediately know what kind of standards to set even around the training ground for Liverpool to maintain the level that's seen them obviously in the last two seasons become Champions League winners and Premier League winners. Yeah, undoubtedly. As I said there, he's only ever played for two clubs, hasn't he? Two of the absolute biggest in the world in, in Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Uh, arguably, you know, the biggest in Spain and certainly the biggest in Germany. So he's going to come in. Uh, it's going to come into, you know, you could argue the biggest in England. So it's, um, you know, he's a, he's a player with massive pedigree. Um, so many honours on, on his, uh, his his list. Um, two-time Champions League winner, as I say, and it's a uh, it's a massive shift in in kind of um, thought process from from the owners uh, who obviously have preferred to sign players um, with with talent and can kind of become world stars at Anfield. This is the first time in, in a good while an, an absolute elite level talent has joined Liverpool as the ready-made star. I mean. You could argue that Alisson was that, but you know he only came from Roma, who obviously are a big club in Italy, but they're not they're not quite Juventus, are they? Or you know it's not Barcelona, it's not Bayern Munich. So um, it's an interesting one, and uh, to be honest, I, I, I can't wait to see him. I, I, obviously, we've known about these links for for the best part of three months now, and as we, we stressed that Liverpool only opened discussions on Monday, but he's somebody you kind of watch a little bit closely when you know that Liverpool's name is floating around and. He's an unbelievable operator. I've seen him across the, the the little Champions League kind of new format that was in Portugal, and then watched him recently when he played against Germany. And he's a he's a fantastic player. There's no doubt about that. And someone who I'm looking forward to, to seeing next year or this season, and seeing what kind of midfield clock goes with, and, and how he kind of deploys Thiago in, in that three because it's uh, it's going to be fascinating. I think. Yeah, and it brings somewhat of a lift around the place as well, Doyley. After the, the game against Leeds United, everyone going, oh, Liverpool can't defend. And we'll get on to that ahead of the Chelsea game in a bit. But everybody's sort of all doom and gloom. Liverpool aren't signing anyone. Liverpool can't defend. They pull off this transfer and all of a sudden everyone's sort of buzzing and this this smile's beamed across everyone's faces. I mean, you're going to laugh at me saying this, but I have to be honest, I've not seen anyone being doom or gloom. To be honest, anyone I know supports Liverpool, they're just like, oh, well, you know, they beat Leeds 4-3, they, they won a game. You know, we, we knew they were probably going to sign somebody else in the transfer market. They've they've got some big games coming up. You know, they're in a position of strength and it is difficult for Liverpool to improve on the squad that they've got, given the fact that it's the, the high quality that's there already. And also there's the fact that you look at Timo Werner, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, obviously Liverpool are coming up against him on, on Sunday. He could have waited and possibly join Liverpool next season, but he didn't want to. And he, he kind of gave a hint, didn't he, in, in an interview that he'd read this week where he said, maybe I'm not such a good fit at other clubs. And <laughs> yeah, the good fit would have been, he'd probably been on the bench for 
33% of the time, 40% of the time, until possibly next season where Liverpool might want to change things up in the front three. I mean, that's obviously all gone now, but that's an example of how it's hard for Liverpool to improve or maintain the standard that's in the squad because they're either going to have to pay absolute fortunes, which we know for whatever reason they are inclined to do that unless there's people going out to, to help facilitate that, or they get a deal like this done. So for them to get a player like Thiago for the money that goes, of course, he said, it's a good deal for everybody. But most of all, it's a good deal for Liverpool because Bayern would have just been like, well, he's going. We know he's going. We just want to get on with it. So they've got some money, but you know they're still losing out on a very good player. The player who's helped them with the champ- get to the Champions League final and, and to win it and win, what was it, four or five titles in a row or something like that. I think is he, did he, is he won it every single year he was there. Yeah, I think, I think it's think six years, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so and it's, it's it's interesting you mentioned that about where he could fit in the midfield. I'm not sure whether we're going to go on to that in a minute, but he spent most of his time playing in a two in defensive midfield. I mean, he did play, he played that in the final against PSG, and we've seen Klopp sometimes gone to that, the 4-2-3-1 or the 4-2-2-2 or whatever you want to call it. He's not, last season he spent most of it 4-3-3, the year before he went to 4-2-3-1 and moved players around, but because he's got Minamino there now as well, he could play Minamino and Thiago in a completely different midfield slash, you know, front three in terms of the way that they approach the game. So Liverpool aren't going to be as predictable for everybody's watched them all last season and gone, right, we know how to stop Liverpool, get to the full backs and high press and all this, that and the other. Suddenly they've got this guy, Thiago, who can pl- play balls from deep through defences and set players clear. And that means that opposition teams have to think again and it gives them something else to think about, which is why a play like him is so rare and he's so important for Liverpool, given what they're going to have to come up against this season. Yeah, Michael Edwards, of course, again, is taking a lot of credit from supporters online, Gorsty, and I suppose it, it highlights what Doyley was referencing there, really, how Liverpool with Michael Edwards and Jurgen Klopp really do have the elite of the elite in each of their roles, because if Liverpool are maybe going to move to this 4-2-2-2, make sure I'm not saying too many players there. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think that was right. <laughs> and they have sort of those two false nines in Minamino and Firmino and Thiago plays in this deeper role. Jurgen Klopp tactically is already thinking of how to move things on. And in the transfer window, in the transfer market, of course, they got Michael Edwards who can be one step ahead of the rivals in that regard as well. Yeah, well, Pat Linder said over the summer that the next step for Liverpool is to become unpredictable. And I think, well, I certainly think this transfer saga has, has certainly been unpredictable, hasn't it? But in terms of what he offers Liverpool on the pitch, I think there is a, an element of unpredictability as well because teams know that if they kind of try their best to cut off the supply line from the wide areas, particularly with the two full-backs and, and Salah and, and Mane, then they've got half a chance of, of beating Liverpool. But now uh, they've got someone in there who can unlock defences a little bit better than the likes of Wijnaldum uh, and Henderson and, and Fabinho. And, and that's not to kind of to knock that those three. They are obviously um you know integral parts to the success that Liverpool have enjoyed over the last two years. But he's just someone who's completely different, isn't he? You know, Oxlade Chamberlain is probably the, the midfielder you'd expect to get on the score sheet more than the rest. I think he was actually fourth top scorer of Liverpool last season, uh fourth or fifth. But uh, Thiago was someone who can kind of control the, the tempo from deep and, and p- pick the passes to the runs to the, to the pace of the of the wide men and, and the fullback. So um, it's just going to be really interesting watching them operate. And you mentioned there about Michael Edwards. He's obviously got the, the mythical kind of reputation, hasn't he, just because of how he, he kind of operates. But it's not, it's not, uh, he's not reinventing the wheel. He's, he's basically just the way they operate is just 
very kind of matter of fact and, and sensible about it. So, for example, if uh, if there's been another transfer this summer from a player who's inside the final, you know, final year of his contract, they'd have looked at, at that price and and if it's tallied up to to around twenty million, then that will be what they think is the going rate for Thiago. And, and I suppose could have been a similar thing for Wijnaldum. I know that um, was it last summer or possibly the summer before when Liverpool were looking to sell uh, Taiwo on Yui. Um, Liverpool were looking at around about fifteen million for him, which considering he's never kicked the ball at first team level. Seemed a bit of, bit of a joke and a bit ridiculous, but Liverpool stuck to the guns and said that Wesley had gone to Aston Villa for around about twenty-two million. They both played in the Belgian league that season and, and scored, you know, a comparable amount of goals. I think it was around about a dozen. Um, so that's why Liverpool were asking for that kind of fee. And um, sometimes you might think it's it's strange, but as I say, Liverpool just kind of weigh up the, the facts, and, and that is kind of how Edwards and his team operate. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I suppose the midfield blend is going to be really fascinating this season, whether it be Liverpool playing with a two or whether it be Liverpool playing with a, a three doily. And Thiago has been a player who even at Bayern Munich has been sort of in and out of the side. Joshua Kimmich playing with Leon Goretzka, I think it is there in, in that midfield quite often. So Thiago does know and understand sort of the, the idea horses for courses, obviously in, in what Jurgen Klopp may decide to do. But I suppose it does leave a sort of question mark over what now with Jeannie Wijnaldum. Well, what what now? From what we're led to believe is nothing in terms of a change. He's still he's he's played in midfield more times than any other Liverpool player since he arrived. So that tells you how important how important he is. That's over four years. That tells you how important he is to to Jurgen Klopp. So it's not as if Klopp's going to want to move him on straight away just because he's not signing a new deal or he hasn't agreed a new deal. I should say. I mean, we saw that with Emery Chan a couple of years ago. If 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 Klopp thinks that the player is still going to be of some use, keep him. It's still cheaper to keep him than to buy somebody, you know, for just for that, that kind of twelve month period. I mean, Liverpool haven't bought Thiago for the next twelve months. They bought him for the next four years. They look to get at least that out of him. Out of thought. So it, it is interesting because the Liverpool have so many midfield options now that whether or not one or two of them start to get, you know, a little bit, you know, what, what's happening here. But I mean, I, I wrote something about just. It could even open up the fact for Fabinho to go to centre back. I know we spoke about this before, and he played there against Arsenal in the second half, part of the second half of the Community Shield. And we we're all slightly alarmed, going, "Well, hang on, you know, there's no centre back options. What are they going to do? What are they going to do in midfield? And suddenly, got loads of people in midfield, and they might not necessarily have to play that one defensive midfielder if they play two. And then you've got Henderson and Wijnaldum have done that job. Henderson did it very well last season for about two or three months anyway, when when Fabinho wasn't playing. So, I think. It may end up saving, weirdly, spending a bit of money on Thiago might end up saving Liverpool a bit of money this season in terms of the transfer window, in terms of getting in a centre-back, because they probably think, well, we don't have to now. We've got Matip, and if you know two of them are injured, then Fabinho can play. And of course, irony of ironies, when Thiago was at Anfield last day in 2019, the centre-back pairing that Bayern Munich came up against was Fabinho or Matip, because Gomez was injured, I think. Yeah, Gomez was injured, and Van Dijk was suspended. So... You know, and Liverpool got a, a, a nil-nil draw and ended up winning in the second leg. So, you know, Liverpool have shown that they've, they've they've got these options, and I do wonder whether or not it will be that Liverpool end up saving a bit of money by not signing a centre back this season. Although, further down the line next year, we'll have to see. Yeah, he's going to be an interesting one. That I suppose. Well, 
as soon as or even before Thiago's been confirmed as a Liverpool player, of course, the immediately fans already licking their lips and wondering what next. And a lot of people, I suppose, now switching their attentions maybe to the likes of Ishmael Assar at Watford or certainly an attacking option. The fans, obviously, the transfer window still got two and a half weeks left to go. Supporters want more, it seems. Yeah, it seems that Diego Jossard of, of Wolves is, is on the shortlist. Uh, I was told recently, um, actually, it was, it was quite a while ago, actually, about Ishmael Assar. He, he was someone who was kind of on the shortlist, on the kind of, um, you know, being monitored, I suppose, is the best way you could describe it. I mean, Liverpool, you know, you think of the size of a club that Liverpool are and, um, you know, worldwide scouting operation, they're constantly going to be looking at players all year round, aren't we? We've seen that he just brought in Marcelo Pitaluga from Fluminense and they've been checking him for, you know, close to a year. So uh, when Liverpool do deals like this, um, it is invariably over the course of a long time. So um, this this is where it becomes a little bit of a grey area when people ask you, are Liverpool interested in X, Y and Z? Because invariably, they will be at least keeping an eye on certain situations. Um, so that that's why, you know, Saar has been kind of a player of interest, but so far nothing's been concrete. And, and it's a similar situation with, with Diego Jota. Um, some, you know, suggestions coming out on social media today, Liverpool are, are interested in him. Um and, you know, that, that still seems to be the case. So it's going to be an interesting few weeks in, in the transfer market. But there's no question that Liverpool do need another um, another option in, in their forward line. You know, somebody who can uh, possibly play across the front three. And, and I think if you were asking me which one I prefer between Saar and Joss at this stage, I'd probably go with, with the Wolves forward because I've seen them more. And um, I, I think he might be a little bit older, but um, he just seems to be someone who, who can kind of operate down the middle as well as uh, in the wide areas. Yeah, I think so it's, it's going to be interesting anyway, interesting few weeks, whatever happens. Yeah, I think there's only even maybe a year in it. Diogo Jota, I think he's only 23, Doyle. And he is a player who, since Wolves have come into the Premier League, he does look to acclimatise to it very well and certainly would offer options in both wide areas for Liverpool. He would. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's not alone there, is it, Wolves? Wolves have got quite a few players who are... Who were doing the business? I quite like Jimenez, but I think he's a bit more of a traditional centre forward for for Liverpool to to be interested in. And you know, obviously there was talk of Traore, but apparently he's valued at sixteen billion pounds. So I don't think Liverpool will be be interested in him. But uh, no, Jota's an interesting one because I wonder whether or not Wolves not being in the Europa League this season might have an effect on one or two of the players who've been there for a little while. And he has been, and I say a little while. How long has he been there? About two years. Something like that. That's a long time for these yeah, Wolves three, players. Yeah, three years. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. So that's a long time. He's, he's more than done his bit. And, and they've got this, I'm going to say conveyor belt. Well, that's not right. But they've got this okay, flight path from Portugal or well, Jorge Mendes and his, you know, all, all his group of players. I've seen the third kit. There's the, the new kit. I was kit just going to say, yeah. 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 They're, they're quite clearly just like, just, just on the wind up now. But going back to Jota, yeah. He's, uh, he's good. And, and, Klopp will have seen an awful lot of, of him because when Liverpool have played Wolves, they haven't half given them a, a game. I mean, uh, we were at Molyneux, weren't we, in January, where it was a, a bit cold. And, you know, I'm actually, you know, I can't remember whether he played in that one because it was more Traore and, and Jimenez had a good game there. But point being is that he's obviously a very good player. He knows the Premier League. That'll be very important. He will be making a step up. It's obviously, if, he, if he's, you know, he'll, he'll be attractive. Sorry, Liverpool will be attracted to him, even though he knows he won't be playing every single week, simply because it's such a bigger step up from Wolves. And he, you know, he's at the age where he's probably thinking, right, I need to make this next move. And if you've got 
people, whether it's him or the Sarah lad at, uh, at Watford, and people go, well, he's not really played for a big club. Well, you know, Mane didn't, did he? Uh, Firmino hadn't. Salah had to a degree at Roma. I hadn't done particularly well at, at, uh, at Chelsea when he was there. You know, Alden was at Newcastle. I mean, we could go through all of the players. There comes a point where they have to make this move up. You can't always sign, as we've just pointed out, someone like Thiago from the European champions or players like that. This is where Liverpool have been quite clever. And you know, I'm sure we're going to mention it in a bit about possible outgoings now. I mean, everything's happening today, isn't it? You know, Kiana, Hoover. Yeah, I was going to say, Wolves, talking Wolves, of Wolves, Wolves as well, yeah. Sign? Well, yeah. Well, Wolves, Wolves want to sign him. We know that. And I, I would not be surprised if it's, oh, well, you want to sign in? Well, it's funny you should say that because you've got a player there that we quite like. You know, so you do wonder whether or not his name has been thrown in. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, yeah, Wolves, yeah, everybody's just starting to get busy in the, in the transfer market now, all on the same day. So helpful. Yeah, Friday afternoon, just what we They could want. have just spread it out, couldn't they? They could have just spread it out over a course of days, but no, Friday afternoon, what's that, you know, it's getting on a bit towards the evening. It's like, no, we'll just do it all then. And, do it all then, that's nice. And that's by the, the way, thing by the way, well, guy, have, yeah. you, have, you, have, you been, have you been jibbed out of your lounge? Because it looks like you're in your box room there. No, I'm in the, the kitchen, actually. After last week's right. debacle of internet failure, I thought I'll, I'll try a new area. But we, we got plenty still to get through, and we'll, we'll get on to Chelsea very uh, shortly indeed. But it does seem on the transfer window front that we've had an elongated transfer window. It's going well into the season this year, yet all of a sudden it seems as though all of the clubs have found their wallets at the same time, and it's all kicking off. So it is interesting and something to keep an eye on. But anyway, let's move on to Chelsea and get on to... The rivalry that's been brewing between Jurgen Klopp and Frank Lampard, which, of course, the Jurgen Klopp in his press conference today was very quick to pour cold water all over that and say there is no such rivalry. Yeah, that, that, I think he was probably fair, wasn't he? I mean, I think the only issue that Klopp had of that exchange was the fact that Lampard kind of carried it on after the game. Um, I remember Klopp saying, I think it was a couple of days later, was it? Just before the Newcastle game, that um, the only issue he had was the fact that it wasn't left... Um, you know, once the referee had blown for, for the full-time whistle. But I think as much as Klopp tries to play it down, I think there'll always be certain elements of media um, that will build build this up. And, and uh, let's face it, there's no love lost between Liverpool and Chelsea fans over the last 15 years. So it's just a kind of added element. And it's a shame that fans won't be there to, to witness it on, on Sunday. Um, these are two of, the, two of the biggest clubs going head-to-head. So it doesn't really need building up anymore. But... It's just an added ingredient. Um, Lampard's a young up-and-coming manager and he's since apologised for that exchange. And I think had there been fans there, then that might not have been picked up as quite as clearly as it was um, when he was telling Klopp and Peplin is to sit down and F off and these are all arrogant and whatever else he said <laughs> at the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, a little um, tasty little ingredient to, to, the, to the game itself, isn't it? So... I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think um, I think it'll be a good game. I don't think Liverpool will have it all their own way, which they did for a lot of the game last year when they went down there and uh, were racing into a two-nil lead until quite late on. So it's uh, it's going to be a big test of Liverpool's um, credentials and, and ability to retain this title. 
Yeah, before we get on to our team selections and our, our match predictions, Doyley, looking at the, the rivalry that may be or may not be now taking place, it did seem to be somewhat of a throwback to sort of, I suppose, 10 or 15 years ago, Mourinho and Rafael Benitez, Liverpool and Chelsea, a managerial fueled rivalry between the two clubs. I think Jurgen Klopp even referenced uh, Wenger and Ferguson in his press conference today. It does feel as though at the moment the Premier League is just missing that, but Jurgen Klopp doesn't want to sort of take that sort of sort of uh, leap and become a manager in broad in a, a rivalry, whether it be with Guardiola or whether it be with Lampard? No, I think if it's a, if it's a rivalry, it'd be one way. Uh, it's, it's, you know, Chelsea quite rightly, not so much jealous of Liverpool, but, you know, that they want to be where Liverpool are and, you know, you're going to get teams like that. Certainly the top teams. And you've got Lampard, who's got the history of having been a rival to Liverpool during his playing days. And you think of the Champions League semi-finals, both, you know, uh, both the one in 2005, which Chelsea lost, and the one in 2007, which Chelsea lost. Um, then they won one in 2008, but we don't want to mention that. But yeah, I think I think with Jurgen uh, Klopp's just quite clever. He doesn't want to get involved, does he? He just doesn't want to. And he always, he's totally different from when the game's on because then he gets more involved than anyone else there is in the Premier League. So I don't think he wants to get drawn into something like this. So I just think, uh, you know, maybe Lampard is because it also helped his reputation. He's, he's playing to the gallery for Chelsea fans because at the moment he can't because they're, they're not in the ground. And just a quick word from both of you, come to back to you, Doily, first on it. But I suppose plenty of eyes going to be on Timo Werner this Sunday at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I, can, I know where you come to me first. Um, yeah, I mean, he did all right in his debut, didn't he, against Brighton? He, he won the penalty. He runs quite fast. I mean, everybody knew he was a good player. That's, that's nothing new there. Will he have a certain reason to, to, to want to impress against Liverpool? I don't think so. I don't think so, because Liverpool are interested in him. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not as though Liverpool didn't want to sign him. It was for, for circumstance. It just didn't happen. So I just think it will just be a very interesting game. And he'll, Liverpool's defence will look to test themselves against somebody they could easily have been lining up alongside a couple of months ago. Yeah, and Jurgen Klopp was asked about Bundesliga talent today, Gorsty, and he, he did speak both about Werner and Havertz, obviously two players that Chelsea have signed this summer that now Liverpool will be taking on at Stamford Bridge and two players maybe that Jurgen Klopp had been keeping half an eye on. Well, certainly in the case of Timo Werner, yeah, I'm not sure Liverpool will have paid the money that it cost um, Chelsea to buy Havertz. But yeah, you know, he said it's a similar type of league, isn't it? It's, it's um, what did he say? It's not... It's not home, but it's not too too far removed from home. And you can see why players um, have moved across from the Bundesliga in previous years. But there does certainly seem to be, um, you know, plenty of talented young German footballers at the moment. Um, they are enjoying a bit of a golden period, aren't they? And um, it makes sense that you know their big hitters would look to apply their trade in the Premier League. It's, uh, it's a shame for the people that they haven't been able to kind of. Um, Get the you know get get their claws in, into at least one of them, but uh, I'm sure further down the line it will be an area that Klopp will continue to kind of look at, and there's no league that, that he knows better than, than than the Bundesliga is there. So um, Chelsea have obviously got the, got the two big stars at the moment, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on this season. Um, let's hope they have a stinker on Sunday, but um, across the the next few months it will be uh, fascinating to see how they develop. Yeah, well, let's then get into looking ahead to the game and we'll do our, our score predictions for the game. Obviously, the two of you guys will be covering the game and we will have extensive coverage across the Echo. How do you see this one playing out, Doily? Um, I wouldn't be surprised whatever the score is. Wouldn't be surprised this Liverpool, the outcome, I should say. Wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool lost. Wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool won. Wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. 
I just think it's one of those games where we're so early in the season. Chelsea has such an unknown quantity with the players that they've got. Liverpool, <laughs> you've just still trying to work out whether or not the, def- the defensive frailties of, of recent times have been because the other team have been playing the attack. Okay, right. They conceded six goals in the last two home games against Chelsea and Leeds, but they, they scored nine and won both games. So the, the whole point of football is to win. So so in that sense, that what Leeds and Chelsea tried was didn't work because they didn't win. They didn't even get a draw. So I do wonder whether Chelsea will try that again. I do wonder that. But uh, don't know, it will, it'll be an end. It's not going to be nil-nil. Okay, there you go. Won't be nil-nil. Oh, crikey, that, that's sitting on the fence if ever I did see it. Gorsty, what, what are you saying? Um, tough one, isn't it? I'm gonna, I am don't want to do a Mark Lawrence and I just think, say that Liverpool are going to win every game. So I'm going to say two-all draw. Yeah, I think I do think there is going to be goals in this one. I, I'm inclined to maybe agree with you. I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool. I do think Liverpool will get the win. Doily, do you want to come off the fence and, and actually have a proper go? No. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I'll go 2-all as well, then 2-all. Right, no worries. Well, well, of course, keep an eye out on the Liverpool Echo website for reaction to Thiago Alcantara signing for Liverpool as and when it, ha- it happens. By the time you catch this podcast, it may ready may already have already actually happened. Keep an eye and an ear out across everything we have in store across the Blood Red channel as well, whether that be our podcast platforms or our dedicated YouTube channel. For now, though, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.